Welcome back to the Heal the Hurt podcast. As part of my commitment to bring you the most effective knowledge, skills, and tools to become the greatest version of yourself today, I want to talk about neurofeedback, something I've neglected, and I'm going to change that today. And to do that, I'm going to bring in, obviously, my great friend and mentor and teacher, Mike Pinkston. Mike, for nearly 40 years, has been helping others heal from complex emotional, physical, and sexual trauma and abuse. He's also an expert in diagnosing and treating PTSD, dissociative orders, as in things like multiple... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Personalities, sex addiction, love addiction, love avoidance, and codependence. He's also an expert in parenting and marriage and family structures and dynamics. Mike has advanced certifications in EMDR, clinical hypnosis, and he's also a leading expert in the neurofeedback field. That's why he's here. Neurofeedback, for those of you who don't know, is a cutting-edge treatment for many emotional and psychological difficulties that regular talk therapy and medication just don't have solutions for. Things like ADHD, bipolar, anxiety, depression, PTSD, addiction, and much more. Finally, Mike has spent over 25 years supervising and mentoring other clinicians like myself so everyone give mike a big heel to her welcome mike good to see you as always i love you great and, to see you uh, and i love you also i love how i'm getting you out in front of this camera more and more i'm uh, i'm becoming a good salesperson i guess after all. <laughs> <laughs> well that's what it takes you know me i hide in the cave and <laughs> I, wow. I really am very grateful for how you have uh, provided this form for me so well uh, neurofeedback has played a big part in both of our lives and maybe at the end we'll talk about our life experience and why you know how it's helped me so much and why you're now a leading expert in the field our yeah, well, past, I, would, I would not put me in that category okay I, I, I think I know enough about it but I um there are leading experts in the field and I don't hold a candle to them. So, well, as always, you're very humble. Um, I'd expect nothing less from you. And, uh, but I really want to just like really get into questions because people aren't aware of this. And whenever information is new or a treatment is something people haven't heard of, even though neurofeedback has been around for decades and it's one of the most highly researched and studied processes very few people know about it, and, and right. our, a natural inclination is go, oh, I don't know about this. It, it's not one of these things I've heard about, and so I want to jump into, you know, calming people down and giving them concrete information that can help them so they can see how effective this is, and so the first question I have for you is, it's kind of two questions in one. What conditions does this help or cure, and kind of the, the second, like, part B of this question is, would you say there are five 
Can you boil it down to maybe five typical conditions that most people like this just flat out cures it? You know, something along those lines of so people can identify, wow, I struggle with that. So this is a viable option for me. What would how would you answer that question, Mike? Well, um, first of all, we don't use the word cure <laughs> in our field. So um but I think historically, I mean, neurofeedback uh, began by treating seizure disorders, epileptic seizure disorders, and um, and and that's what my mentor, Dr. Lubar, did with children that had epilepsy, and uh, then it went to learning disorders uh, like ADHD, dyslexia, um, and other types of. Uh, learning disorders. Um, I haven't treated a lot, but I have treated successfully uh, uh, individuals that had uh, uh, auditory sequencing issues where they heard, they didn't hear like you and I hear, they, they heard delayed. Um, and uh, we were able to get that um, fixed, if you will. Um, well, let me, let me switch the kit question to this in the 10 10, you've been doing this for 10 years now right Mm -hmm. what would you say are the top five conditions you've had the most success with um depression and anxiety disorders okay and learning disorders um yeah I, i see a lot of that i see a lot of misdiagnosis of that you know, one of the things, this, is, this has been a known for decades that ADHD is the most overly diagnosed diagnosis. Yes. But oftentimes, I mean, one of the differences with working with EEG as a diagnostic tool versus uh, just a symptom checklist, which is what the DSM is, is that we have actual, um, they're called phenotypes, but we have actual things in the EEG we see and and so for example ADHD is a result of slowing in the frontal lobes or in the midline and there are other types of ADHD but that's the predominant one and um and that's the one that uh some medications work fairly well there there's another uh phenotype where there's beta spindles in the vertex right in this area here um but um, and you, I know you guys don't know what beta spindles are, so I apologize. But it's just, an, it's it's just that with EEG, we can see a literal pattern, and for depression, for anxiety, for ADHD, for dyslexia, you know, um, and and they're not based. You know, we can see it in in such a way that we can go, oh, that's what that is. Whereas with a symptom checklist, what we have is is many conditions meeting the same criteria, you know, and go ahead. I, that, that's, that's what I want to see if I can, and you correct me if I, I'm going to try and simplify this for people. If I say it incorrectly, correct my simplification. Okay. What Mike is, what I hear Mike describing is when you go into a doctor, and you tell them, I'm feeling and experiencing these things, these, this list of symptoms. What they're listening is, oh, well, those symptoms and, and what will be colored by their assessment is 
their own predisposition for their own bias. So they're listening. They may go, oh, well, that's bipolar or that's borderline personality or narcissism or that's ADD, ADHD. But they're just cataloging symptoms and going, well, I'm hearing five out of 10 things. So let's put you on this medication. So they're basically making, in many cases, a guess based on your description of what your life experience is. Now, what Mike is talking about when he says EEG, because I don't know that a lot of people know what that means, is that is a quantitative and qualitative assessment of what's actually happening in your brain. Now, you may be saying this is what's happening, but this is a picture that shows this is exactly what's happening. So regardless of what symptoms you say you're experiencing, Mike can look at your brain and go, oh, your brain is interacting in this way and we know through decades of research and experience that if it's acting and interacting in this way this is what the problem is and therefore this is the solution that's the problem with medication you're throwing darts at a dartboard and you're hoping it hits and the problem is even with medication there's collateral damage just like a dartboard you're going to get all these other things turned on well that doesn't happen with eeg and and neurofeedback when you hit the dartboard you hit the spot and right. and that's what's so profound about it is it treats the symptom you're experiencing and you don't like to use the word heal or cure it has been my life experience that I have been healed or cured of aspects that I've struggled with. So right. I'll, I'll correct and, you that us, Is that a good I, simplification? Yeah, it's a good simplification. It's a little bit of an overstatement. You know, the, okay. the, I mean, I'm just trying to be uh, careful for, um, you know, the possibility that there are experts out there that, that are going to go, well, that, 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 you know. Sure. But, no, that's fair. And I, I appreciate that. But for, for example, you know, one of my mentors is a guy named Jay Gunkman. And for the last 60 years, he's been an advisor to neurologists and psychiatrists in pointing out different conditions that uh, from the EEG, EEG stands for electroencephalogram. Uh, electroencephalogram. And what we're doing is we're putting a cap on your head and we're measuring the brain waves as they are produced. Uh, again, I'm, uh, the, the electrical activity of your brain. And, and he, he's an advisor and consultant to, to uh, other medical professionals on what medications may help, what won't work, what conditions they won't work on. And, and some of those are the same kinds of conditions. Uh, a better example might be um, OCD. Um, there is the theta type, which is a slower wave type, and medication helps that. There is the alpha type. Medication helps. It doesn't help it, but it doesn't make it worse. And then there's the beta type, which is a faster wave. And it not only doesn't help, but it makes things worse. And so he can see that. He can tell the psychiatrist, you know, don't use this type of medication. That's just going to make it worse and, and make them worse. You can maybe use this type of a medication and that will help that type of, of uh, OCD. So what I hear in that is it, it can also help if you are a person who does require medication for whatever reason, you can pinpoint and get on medication that'll be the most effective if you use them right. in a concert. 
it, it will help that. Okay, let me let me move to the next question. I know that people will have is in general, and, and there's always variance. But if you were to throw a guesstimate as to what people could expect as an average treatment, what how long of a duration would that be? Well, there's there's different forms of uh, neurofeedback treatment and. Uh, the traditional neurofeedback treatment normally is 60 to 90 sessions, and typically that's twice a week. And Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I don't know how many weeks or months that is, but ours is uh, uh, a different type and it's faster and it's it's much more involved in, in terms of what we're doing in the brain. So, um, and it's a typical treatment is more like 50 uh, sorry, 15 uh, weeks to 20 weeks. Okay. 15 so, to 20 weeks, twice a week. In, twice a on week. average, people, just for people to know, um, most clinicians, and Mike, you can correct me if I'm wrong, will charge about $100 per session, mm-hmm. um, you know, for the treatment. And, and then there will be an the the cue the the when you get a, what's called a cue which is where they do the assessment of where your brain is and like Mike does he does it periodically through your treatment to go okay what's how are you improving let's take a new snapshot that can tend there can be a you know a bigger cost for that because the diagnostic and looking at all of that takes quite a bit of work for them to you know it, and that can probably range from what three to five hundred dollars for the the queue actually that can range from five to fifteen hundred dollars it depends um you know the type of queue that (laughs) is a lot more involved um than what most people would get um and um and we we throw that in you know if you train with us and, and we call it neurofeedback training not treatment but training we're training the brain we're not treating the brain um, but we, we, uh, on average, uh, reassess that Q it's called a QEG or a Q, like you said, in, in, in our world, we just call it a Q, but it, it's, it means quantitative EEG. And what we're doing is besides assessing the raw waves of, of the EEG and looking for transients, which are things that happen not all the time, but show up, um, uh, every now and then, as well as looking for uh, epileptiform type things, we also will take the overall um, EEG results and we'll compare it to a normative database. And that's what makes it quantitative. And And there's different forms of that database um, and different um, different de- databases do different things. The one we use is, uh, called, uh, it's the Annie database and, and it, and we use the software. My, one of the software can, is, can I skip that? Yep. Cause they don't care. <laughs> well, 
I know you do. I know you. Here's why I care about it. Because you can pay $1,500 for something that, that, that takes me 15 minutes to assess. And, or you can, or, or you can come to me. And, and if you're just going to get that assessment, I have people who just come in for assessment. You're going to pay 500 bucks for me, but, but we're going to thoroughly look and evaluate your EEG. And then, then here, let me do it this way. I'm going to not get that. And I, some I, people don't even do it, but let me do it this way. Let me turn it into a question at the back end to go. What questions do they need to ask so that yeah. they know what they're paying for and what they're getting? Because yeah. somebody walking in this with no experience, they've just cloud. I go, I don't know what he's talking about. And they yeah. don't know the importance of it. And so in my experience in doing these videos <laughs> and the, and I love what you're talking about, but most people are like, oh, I don't want to, they just tune out. And so yeah. it's like, it's got to be boom, boom, boom. I'm with you. To keep them engaged, but then we'll get to it at the back end. Well, so I'm hoping that's why you have that edit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I may leave it in. I just, but I just know that people will glaze over in, until yeah, they and, I, and I know I tend to get technical with it. it. It's important to me. That part is important to me. And you can bring it up at the end. It's important to me because, you know, these people don't know what they're looking at. <coughs> and so you go in to pay, you know, you, you're getting charged $1,500 and it looks flashy, but it doesn't really tell you much. And um, so that goes, I mean, that goes to that question, I think, that we'll address at the end. So you and I are the same way. It's what it's part of my problem is I, I we're diverting. We're, we're on the same wavelength. Um, here's a big question to people is when it comes to training or treatments, is this a treatment or training that they have to repeat, like kind of like chiropractic? You have to keep going back. What's been right. your experience when you've worked with a, a client on these conditions? Is it they have to come back in a year, two years, three years, or are they finished? Is it just like, oh, no, the brain's reoriented, and unless there's some sort of traumatic event, they don't right. need to come back. What's your experience on that end? Do they need to keep coming, or is it done? Right. Well, I can answer it this way. This will make some sense. In 10 years, I've had two people come back for the same condition. Yeah, that's, it sticks. It sticks. Because we are, that's why we call it training. Once, once the brain learns, it learns. And, and so it, again, it's not like a treatment, like what you described is a treatment. You come in and, and, and you get an adjustment at a chiropractor, but you, you need to come back and do that. It doesn't necessarily correct the condition, uh, with neurofeedback, uh, very typically people don't come back and they have studies and, you know, uh, longitudinal studies from two months to six months to five years to 20 years. And, um, the vast majority of people, um, what, whatever they came in, let's say they came in, uh, for depression, you know, they test them five years later, they still, they're off medication. They're still depression free. What I'm going to go back to this is a kind of a different way of asking the same question, but what standard therapies have you found this replaces or is this is more effective than the standard treatments that are out there? Now that's a question I've never been asked. Um, I'd have to think about that. 
Okay, well, we can come back to that. Let your mind gestate on it and see what, because I, I know well, how you operate. Uh, you know, let, let, let's, let's throw this out. You know, somebody comes in with an anxiety disorder, typically they've been put on uh, medication for anxiety. And a lot of times they, they're put on medication for anxiety, like a benzodiazepine, which is like Xanax or Ativan. And initially that really helps them calm down. But over the, you know, it's, it's, if you read the, the black notes of the medication, they say, you know, don't use it longer than this period, which is typically, you know, six weeks to six months. After that, it actually increases anxiety down the road. That's and, the problem with all of those medications is yeah. they make you sicker than when you walked in the door, but the yeah. doctor doesn't tell you that. Yeah, and I, I don't want to, you know, be down on medication. I'm just saying most medications are meant for crisis intervention, and and although they're prescribed as if they're useful for chronic conditions. And so I, it's not unusual for me to see for example, with depression, somebody comes in, they've been on medication for 20 years. Yeah. And, um, and then we do neurofeedback and help them get off uh, that medication. And then they don't need that medication anymore, because they're not depressed anymore. Yeah. And um, so it would be that kind of thing where, um, you know, cert certain conditions like uh, anxiety and depression, uh, you know, medication is, you know, the first level of, of treatment and, uh, with neurofeedback, when we, when we train the brain to normalize in those, uh, area, the areas that, that create depression and anxiety, then that individual learns to self-regulate and they don't need the medication to help them do that. Yeah. Um, Sometimes they do, especially in the beginning. Depends on what's what's going on, the crisis there. And for those of you watching, just hang in there because we're gonna. I mean, I have Mike talk about stories um, because I know that a lot of people really gravitate towards. Wow, that's that's what I'm struggling with. So we're gonna get to some of the stories he's experienced and how this has changed people's lives. Also, I'll share my story and and how it's affected me. Um, and so stick with us so because I know for people to identify, they need stories. So um, we're just about through kind of the technical aspects of how all this works. And we'll get to the more emotional aspects, which is what we connect with. So I appreciate everyone's patience as you watch this. Uh, is it safe? What are the studies around just safety? Not how many decades it's been studied, but is this treatment safe? Have, are there any studies showing that it's unsafe? Um, I don't know about studies. I mean, there's been literally hundreds of thousands of studies. I mean, this is a six, 60 year uh, industry. And, um, and, but what I'm after is like, I don't know. Myself, I don't personally know of any studies saying that neurofeedback is, is unsafe. Um, and as I've stated before, I'm trying to be accurate and I tend to overdo this, but um, the type of neurofeedback we do, we don't see any side effects. And I, I know that there is a possibility of having side effects. Usually they're very temporary um, and, and correctable uh, with traditional neurofeedback. But um, in fact, there's a, a, a paper um, 
doggone, I can't think of the guy's name right now that where he talks about that, but he's, he's at uh, university of uh, Utah medical school and I'm blanking on his name and not any of my professionals are going, are sitting there going, it's, it's so-and-so, so-and-so. And, <laughs> and, um, and, and I know him personally, I just can't think of him right now, but um, anyway, you need a little neural feedback on that. I'm, I'm working on that myself. Yes. Um, problem with age. Um, but that is one of the things that, that, that really uh, quantitatively and qualitatively differentiates neurofeedback from other types of treatment is that you don't have any kind of adjustment period. You don't have any kind of side effect from it. It's, it's typically side effect free. And, um, and the only reason that, it w- that, that you would possibly have a, a side effect is you have a clinician that doesn't know what they're doing. Um, yeah. And I, I've had side effects and it's exhaustion. Yeah. Because um, you're training. Yeah. You're training. I mean, like that's what people don't really, it's like, it's right. like going to the gym for, a, you know, and so. Your brain needs support and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You get Your brain gets tired. Right. And yeah, I mean, that... That isn't what I'm thinking of when I'm thinking of side effects. No, no, uh, I was that, thinking with certain medications, you can have, you know, lots of side effects and, you know, mood alteration and things like that. And, um, yeah, neurofeedback, you know, I have started the type of uh, neurofeedback we do. I, I've done all of them. Um, and uh, ours is more intensive. And, you know, for the first Oh gosh, 10 seconds, uh, 10 sessions that I did, I'd, I'd go home afterwards and I'd take a nap because I would be tired, you know, and, and you're, you're exactly right. It is, it can be exhausting, just like working out in the gym can be exhausting. Sure. Um, let's, let's know. get to the workout, the okay. basic process without deep detail of all the intricacies, but the basic process, like you know, how I describe it is, you know, I got the cue, which is the assessment. Mm-hmm. And from there, it was twice weekly visits where I'd go in. Now, I know your process is a little bit different, but to, I was struggling with my memory. I was struggling with my speech. Like you can, two things, losing words, kind of like, <laughs> you know, you'll see me in my videos. I'm like, oh, what's it called? Or like originally I would slur it was like I was drunk you watch a lot of my older videos and I slur all the time you also notice my sentence the way I'd write and even speak I would put the back end of the sentence first Mm -hmm. and so especially whenever I'd write I'd write something out or text messages and I'd go oh gosh like my sentences didn't make sense my sequencing was off and so mm-hmm. twice weekly, I'd go in and we put electrodes on certain spots and I'd just sit in front of a TV and watch TV. Now, some of it was for a little bit, it was nature, but then I started watching Boston Legal because the way my brain 
work the best. Some people it's different. They, they need to focus on trying to get the screen because the idea is this, you, at least in the training I've done, when your brain is training correctly, you see the full picture and, and this full sound. When it's doing it incorrectly, the screen starts to shrink and the sound starts to go down. Mm-hmm. Well, the more I tried to do that, the more it would all collapse. If I didn't pay attention at all, everything was great. So I just, we, I'd watch Boston Legal because it'd make me laugh and I wouldn't pay attention. And I, that's how my brain trained the best. But that was my basic process. Can you kind of walk them through, you know, what does training look like? Okay. Well, what you described is what 90% of what we do is, you know, they're watching a TV program and in order for them to see uh, that picture completely big and wide uh, and clear and to hear it clearly, they have to be doing the protocol that we've created for the, for their brain. Um, Now, the concept is, um, is, is really very simple and it came back out of, uh, uh, biofeedback and, and that is, you know, you're getting feedback from some source. And originally it was like, you know, you would hear a beep. If you're in the zone, you'd hear a beep or you would see a graph and that graph might go up. And if you're out of the zone, it would drop back down and, and you wouldn't hear a beep, and then you'd go back up, and 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 that became more and more consistent as you as your brain learned. Okay, just just that beep, and 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 you know they then they started introducing different types of media and games, things like that. Like you know the spaceship might take off and fly. You know when you're in that zone. Now ours is a lot more complicated than that uh, in terms of what's actually going on. It's not just one wavelength or or, or something like that. Um, but it's it's still the same basic uh, principle of of learning. Um, uh, it's called operant conditioning. That's the technical term, and basically you're getting rewarded for you performing the right thing. And we use operant conditioning in all kinds of things, you know, any kind of athletics and, you know, winning is operant conditioning. And, and so with this, it's just like what you said. Um, You know, most people um, are looking at some kind of multimedia, audiovisual media now. And, um, but, you know, there, you get good results with any kind of, of, of media that you're using. Um, as long as the clinician is good and we'll get to that like i want don't let me forget (laughs) i mean my memory i I need i i still need a couple more sessions i didn't quite finish on the memory part (laughs) um we we bounced around with different parts i needed help with and i i still need to go back a couple more times for the memory aspect but i i want to end with what are the questions a person needs to ask so that they know they have a qualified clinician because that was my struggle. I, I couldn't find a qualified clinician. Um, But before we get into that, uh, I want to kind of, the three things I want to do is tell us some stories of not the full story, but two to four sort of quick stories of people walked in with this and now they're this. 
And then I want to talk about our story, why this has meant so much. And then I want to end with, here are the key questions to ask a clinician so you know you're dealing with somebody qualified. So why don't you start with the stories? Um, well, I, I, you know, there, there are several that just come to mind, you know, like 30 of them come to mind. But, um, you know, one condition as a, you know, a clinician, you know, a, a LPC counselor that I treated or didn't really treat, I didn't, I couldn't treat was bipolar. And I've treated seven cases of bipolar. Uh, and I have, I feel like, not feel like, I have seen of those seven, five of those uh, individuals no longer experience it. And so, so I'll give you one example of a guy who came in, he came in from a mental hospital. He was averaging three psychotic episodes a week. And uh, after uh, about three weeks of treatment with us, he quit having psychotic breaks. Um, and he never had them again. And that's, those are the stories that, because people will relate, God, that's what I need. That's what I want. Yeah. That, and, 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 and he still, that was three years ago and he still hasn't, he's back to work, but, but all five of those people. Now, one of those has continued. He even asked me, he said, would you consider me a success story? And I said, yes. Um, would you? And he said, well, you know, I, I, I'm still on medication and which is really, I'm, I'm not pro that uh, because he now has, um, side effects from the medication where he's having memory issues. Um, but, you know, I, you know, he's my boss. I'm not his boss. And he gets to tell me how he wants to do his treatment. But he was, one, you know, he was one of those guys, too. He came right from the hospital. He was on medication the previous year, uh, more medication than, than he is now. And he still was having psychotic episodes. He even got arrested uh, for for a manic episode where he started throwing rocks through uh, people's windows <laughs> and, and he had lost his job. And, you know, he, he was a very successful guy before that in, in the accounting uh, profession. And he's now been back to work for the last three years. He hasn't had any more episodes. He's never gone back. You know, he's not regressed at all. He's one of the two that can't, has come back to me because he does have some memory issues now. And that's really uh, a side effect of the medication. Okay. So that's one. Um, the audio sequencing story is really uh, sweet, and because it's a nine-year-old girl who we just loved and, and thought was precious, and she came in, uh, she had been diagnosed with ADHD and uh, ODD, which is oppositional defiant disorder. And uh, during her cue, we evaluated her cue, and um, and she didn't have either of those conditions according to her EEG. And, but she did have a problem with auditory sequencing. And so she heard delayed and, you know, she, 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 you know, she was a real, um, uh, just a spitfire, you know, spitfire little girl, a lot of energy. She, she sure did try really hard. She sat on the front row 
and she was trying to pay attention, but she wouldn't hear in real time. And so she'd get called on and she wouldn't know she was called on. And then she'd hear it and then she'd answer. And her teacher thought she wasn't paying attention because she's answering in a delayed way. And then she would get frustrated. That that was her first story. And so we started doing neurofeedback and 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 helping, you know, she she was anxious also. So we helped her with anxiety and that auditory sequencing issue. And then her dad calls me and says, guess what? And I said, what? And she said, you know, our little sweet girl uh, just read, nine years old, just read a 400-page adult book in two days. And I said to him, would you call that focus and concentration? I said, I sure would. And, you know, we treated her in the summer, so she, you know, she and that other teacher didn't have that good a relationship. She had a new teacher um, who saw her potential and saw how hard she tried. And, and she didn't have the, the struggle, okay? And um, and so she's a rock star at school now. And so she went from being the problem kid to the rock star. And, you know, I love that kind of story. Um, I had another guy who was 17 when he came to see us and came in. He had a head injury. Um and that's another thing that we see a lot, people with concussions uh, that are misdiagnosed. And, um, and uh, he had a tick disorder. He, he, he had a really bad concussion when he was 10. He hit, hit the front of his head, and, and that created a tick disorder. Uh, but it also created some problems with his vision. And so just before coming in to see us, he was, um, he'd taken the ACT, and he'd scored a, a 17. Uh, which is not good. Get 15 for signing your name. And uh, I really don't know that. I've heard that all my sure. life. <laughs> but 17 is not, you know, you're not going to be a Rhodes Scholar with 17. What's it say? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And I got a six. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, I, I, didn't was, I was too smart when for I the was test. In either, so, so I don't even know what I got. So, so, but he had facial tics. He's a really handsome young man, very astute musician, uh, but wasn't very good in school. And so we we basically got rid of the tics. And and I, but I had noticed this activity in in the uh visual cortex as well as i just noticed in the parietal lobes where we assimilate and integrate information and comprehend it and put it together and use it um that he had issues there and so i i said to his dad i said this is what i see do you want to work on that and he said well sure and so we worked about six weeks on that and um and then he retook the act and he scored a 27 and his he was seeing double so we got him some help with a, a, a ophthalmologist or optometrist that we work with uh, who understands our work too and uh, and so all this time you know he had been in class you know he was reading and, and he was seeing double and and we got some of that corrected with his glasses and then we did we corrected the rest of it with neural feedback and um 
and he scored 27. He went to college for free. His dad loves me. <laughs> um, and he just graduated. He said school's the easiest thing ever done. He's ever done since then. And straight A student. Um, want more? No, nope, let's do uh, because I'm looking at <laughs> That's a pretty good. Oh, I, no, I, I know I, we could go I on and similar, on. I have similar stories with PTSD. I have similar stories with uh, anxiety disorders. I, you know, I, I, this is one of the things I love about my job is I see miracles all the time. And every time I go, wow, because most of these conditions are things that I treated for years and, and we would get them substantially better, but not like this. Great, great segue. <laughs> so let's talk about us and, and how this became your career, because you just said it. You and I spent years together working together, healing, you know, all the trauma I've had in my life. And I can attest that I've gotten a lot better. I, I'm, I matured and, and I had, I could put into place skills and tools and I was starting to be able to manage my life, but there were aspects of it. I just couldn't get to. And I remember the frustration that I couldn't get to it. I, I knew what I could, I was capable of, but I couldn't get to it. And I'll let you take it from there as I walked into your office and and well, let me let me say it a little. Let me just add something. Um, I had run into somebody who had talked about neurofeedback. I didn't know anything about it. And I've tried, I've been a pincushion. I'll try any therapy. I just want to get better. I don't give a what it is. I've done it all. Uh, there are mm-hmm. names of things I don't even remember because I've just been trying for decades to go, I want help. And I, someone suggested, I just went, sure. And that's what happened. I met somebody who mentioned neurofeedback. I had gone in for, I think, one session, and I was in the midst of some really horrific traumatic stuff in my second marriage. And I walked into the office one day, and I remember Mike looking at me the way he's going to explain it. And I was like, what's he talking about? So I'll let you take it from there. Well, and and I don't want, you know, we've written a little bit. They can read the blogs about some of this uh, in more detail. But the thing that was, um, it was striking. There was such a difference in you. And what was different was how appropriate and moderate you were. And this is no easy situation in life we're talking about. This is the kind of thing where literally, you, you never did this, but I've had clients do that, but I expect you to be so mad and so out of control and picking up the chair and just throwing it across the room, you know, because this is, this was a big deal. Okay. And, um, and yet you were appropriately hurt, appropriately angry, not overly angry. You weren't being a victim and, and, and you were expressing yourself uh, with a degree of, well, I, I'll just call it, you were expressing yourself appropriately. You know, it, it, everything you did was was fitting. You know, you weren't going to, uh, I mean, some of it in terms of pain, you know, deserved a 10 
And, and you might have hurt that deeply, but even in your expression of that, you were recognizing what it was and you weren't in denial about it and, and you weren't, um, uh, you, you know, you weren't blowing it off at all. The, the, when I, I know that now I'm familiar with that place. And for me, sorry, I'm got a dry throat. No, the, the experience for me is that I am present to every aspect of what I'm going through right. where I can ball my eyes out without blaming somebody else without playing the victim going poor me i can experience the sadness and go this is really sad yeah, there was none of that she, 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 she. you know there was none yeah, of that none, none of that but also none of oh there's nothing like no catastrophizing right there i was, was just living life and this is part of life it just freaking sucks and it's okay and i'm angry that it sucks but but it's okay that it sucks like <laughs> it's the full embodiment of every emotion and being able to express it with containment, okay. even if it's big, it's a contained big. It's not. Yeah, that, that's right. You know, which is, to me, that's health is when I can get big within containment without false empowerment or disempowerment. Like I wouldn't right. go to those where I was better than or less than. I was just hurt or just angry, but not so many times with my anger or my sadness. It's false empowered or disempowered. That's when I get less than perfect in the expression of myself and i catch myself in my videos being that way right and, but when i'm regulated i'm at the full expression of those but without sucking you into it it's just right. you're experiencing all of kenny and that's what i hear you describing and i wasn't aware of it because it was a new experience right. so I'm going, what's he talking about so so the situation was dramatic but you weren't dramatizing yeah and and so you know we we talked probably 30 minutes or so um maybe even longer and finally i just said what happened (laughs) you went what (laughs) i said what happened to you and so you told the story that you'd met uh this this young lady at the golf course and you know that i knew where you played and i i said was her name such and such and you said yes and i think you thought what happened to you are you a psychic (laughs) (laughs) i knew you you were good in therapy i didn't know you were good i was like wow that's so so um it just so happened that um one of my college roommates in my graduate school uh friends uh, had a daughter who, when she was 15, was diagnosed bipolar, and she'd had a psychotic break. And I knew, just kind of in the back of my mind, I didn't know the details of the story, but I knew she had been uh, sent to uh, a place where she did neurofeedback, and she came back. And so I, after our session, I called her dad, who's a good friend of mine, and I said, hey, how's your daughter doing? And he said, she's great. And and I, I, you know, I've known that guy since I was a teenager, and I knew his brother, who was really, really, you know, the, um, I'm going to say it like this, but uh, he was pretty crazy when he was in a manic episode, and, you know, and so I knew it was in their family, and, and, and I said, well, has she, um, 
you know, had any other problems with that? And he said, no, she's never been on medication. In fact, she's getting ready to finish her graduate degree and she's going to do, uh, she's working at a neurofeedback clinic and she's going to do neurofeedback herself. And, um, and so I said, well, who treated her? And it turned out that another one of our college roommates um, was doing that in that location. And, um, and so I called him and, and so, and, Long story short, I ended up back with uh, uh, Dr. Yvonne Tate. I'll, I'll name her. Uh, she's a, a very well-known clinician. That's, that's who I initially. Right, that's who you've seen. And and I went up and met with her, and I did a neurofeedback session, and and she got me started. And uh, and then she introduced me to Dr. Steve Stockdale, who's in our towns. Uh, uh, Colorado Springs and Dr. Stockdale entered it, knew that I was interested in in uh, more than traditional neurofeedback and and he connected me with Dr. Lubar, uh, Joel Lubar, who's now in Florida but was at University of Tennessee in Knoxville for years. And the basic the the pioneers of the yeah of the yeah. modality yeah Steve was yeah Dr. Lubar certainly was I mean. He, he was like the uh, second person to do He was the first person to really do it on the private uh, private population. So, so b before we get into our last question, I, I, this is what I want to get across to people. It's been my experience that we're all scared to death to face our pain and our perfect imperfections. It's petrifying. And the sense of shame and low worth and everything that comes up. But this is the value um, making me emotional. Um, we never know, but I've always said this, the answer is inside of our pain. And, and this story is proof of it. Mike's calling has always been to help people find their calling. And so Mike's a very deeply spiritual man. And so he's always prayed for the best way to do that. And I was always looking for my calling and couldn't find it no matter what I did. But I knew I was broken and I knew I needed help. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And I knew, luckily, I've always been driven to try and find out what that solution might be. And so because of the confluence of those two things, both of us get to live in our element and what we were meant to do. And that's why I get so <laughs> inappropriately excited in my videos and sometimes falsely empowered of demanding people get help for this stuff i'm not always I, i'm not always contained 
in my exuberance and I, I can get a little bit over the top. But when things have such a deep impact on not only, you know, look at what this one story and then the stories Mike has told, like how deep that impact and the ripple effect of that goes. And, and that's why I get so excited about it. And because we were placed in each other's lives for something much bigger than our lives. And whether you're spiritual or not, you don't have to be spiritual. That's how life works when you pursue facing the things we don't want to face. It just happens. You can't stop it. And that's the beauty of life, at least in my experience. So I, I, I'm a firm believer that's our goal in life for all of us to have that life experience. So Mike, could you finish this off with what are the key ingredients people need to look for when they're interviewing potential clinicians to help them with this? Is there a list of three, five, 10 things that they should go? Like I, you know, I tell people, you know, they'll reach out to me and I'm like, if that therapist doesn't know about P melody, you know, like there's a list of, if they, if you ask them, do you know about P melody? And they say, no, then hang up. Like they, they can't help you. That's very grandiose, but that's my belief. So I have a list of certain things that I say, look, you need to look for this in a therapist or coach or somebody. If they don't have it, move on. What would you say would be on your list as far as neurofeedback, um, clinicians so that people all across the world know exactly who to look for and they get the right type of treatment? I think uh, the first thing is that they're a licensed clinician. And um, is there a certain name of license they need to have? Well, they're either an LPC, a psychologist, an MD, a physician's assistant, a chiropractor, you know, they have some type of clinical background because um, not not for the everyday occurrence, but for the occurrence where you have someone um, that that ha- you know that they get triggered. I'll give you an example. I was thinking of this when you were saying that. And, you know, I had a guy who was a a war veteran, and and he was so easily triggered that like we could not. We have to run acquire EG, which um, takes about twenty minutes, and and. You know, somebody come in. He'd hear him walking in the outside of the office, and he just, you know, he would he would just alert, you know, and 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 so in order to acquire that EEG, we we had to come after hours. Nobody else is there, and and do that uh, and and do it because he was just too hyper vigilant for that. Well, I've spent forty two years treating trauma, and I know how to handle somebody who gets triggered and and how to talk them back down and 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 get them back into you know uh, the here and now world uh, and and that's really important i think um, in fact, I think it's malpractice to have someone who doesn't really understand uh, uh, the, the conditions that people are coming in with and, 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 and know how to treat that. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is that neurofeedback gives you abilities to do things. It doesn't give you the skills to do those things. That's what, you know, it does not, re- 
replace counseling and it doesn't replace uh, other types of therapy, but it does give you the ability. Like, you know, we gave that guy the ability. The reason he came in to see us is that his son walked in, in the middle of the night, walked into his room and he, he went into alert and, you know, was ready to, to plow his son. And he didn't, he loves his son, but he couldn't differentiate whether that was his son or not. And what, whether he was in his home now from being in war and, and in war, he needed to be in fight or flight or to, to survive. Uh, but he doesn't need to be in fight or flight unless there's really a, something truly alarming, you know, a burglar. Not so they need to be a licensed clinician. They need to be what a else? licensed clinician. They, they need to have some experience with the types of things that you're uh, going to them for. Second thing is um, certification. And, and there's two major ones that I know of in the neurofeedback field. And I, I don't have one of the certifications. Um, that is called the BCI certification. It's, it's the basic uh, certification for neurofeedback. Um, I don't because they required an anatomy and physiology class. And, I, you know, when I started, I was 59 years old. And I'm not going back to college for anatomy and physiology. I took uh, neuroanatomy at Duke University Medical School, but uh, which I, you know, I didn't know I was going to be doing that when I started this, but, but I did. But I had so much more of the qualifications than what BCIA, uh, you know, what their basic uh, requirements are for that certification. The other one is what I have, which is called a QEEG-D or diplomat. Um, now that to me, uh, was, was very hard to get. They require a whole lot from you, uh, as a clinician, you have to understand more than a basic understanding of, uh, all the dynamics from, you know, acquiring EEG, um, artifacting EEG, uh, what are the different things that can come to play, uh, a real broad, uh, and I don't mean in, in, in like, Breadth and depth. In depth, right. Uh, real in-depth understanding of certain conditions and what neurofeedback will do with that. And, um, you know, I, I got that certification and then I was asked to be on their board and I am on their board and I'm uh, an executive member of their board now. But, um, and, and without a doubt, the names in this field have that certification. Um, and, and some of those people are not necessarily clinicians. Um, some of them are t some of the top researchers in the world on the brain and, uh, and the brain in relation to neurofeedback. But if they have that, that means they've really had training. They've had lots and lots of hours of mentoring. They've, they have uh, hours and ethical uses of neurofeedback, things of that nature. Um, so, what else so would you suggest? Um, I'm just blanking now. Um, those are the two most important things, I think. Okay. And then it comes to, you know, you know, like they're, they're neuro. Is there a certain system? I know there are many, uh, like, there are a lot of things out there that call themselves neurofeedback that aren't really neurofeedback. Oh, oh, I'm glad you said that. QEG. Make sure they do a QEG. There's only one clinician in the country that I know of that doesn't 
regularly do QEGs, and she is so overly qualified she, um, that her name is um, Severn Fisher. Uh, she's so overly qualified as a clinician that that and and her system of neurofeedback is pretty unique to her and uh, you know maybe the people that uh, she works around like uh, Dr. V- uh, Bezel who is probably the pre- most preeminent guy in, in the PTSD industry. Um, but but there are systems out there that are canned systems, you know, and that person doesn't have to know anything. I have a really good friend who lives in, in middle of nowhere in Oklahoma that does that system. And it, it does work on about 50% of the people, but it's not based on uh, science. It's based on uh, that the neurofeedback works for most people. And to uh, not most people, about 50% of people without, you know, just, just using can, you know, you say you have depression. Well, there's six types of depression. Now they, they give you a canned protocol. And if you have that right, right type, uh, you know, I, I know this because I've had people come in after they've done that and they said, I got no results. And they came in to see us and they got results. Um, so, and part of that is based on, that, that we do a QEEG on, on those people and we assess them. Um, and, you know, I know, um, I know a lot of professionals in, in, in this industry and some do more than we do and they're trained as neuropsychologists and they do all this testing too. None of that's going to hurt, but what could possibly not be helpful is, is getting someone who is doing a canned program and uh, they don't really have uh, a clinical background or a true understanding like that person that I've, that, that I'm talking about every time we talk about neurofeedback, she says, now don't, don't, don't start telling me, ask me about this and this and this, you know, I don't know. And, you know, in her situation, I, I, I personally don't like it, but um, it's out there and they, they are very well marketed. So look for somebody that is a clinician, look for somebody that has certification, look for somebody that's going to do QEG. Perfect. Awesome. If they don't, run. That's what I was looking for. Awesome. Mike, can you give everyone your uh, contact information for any of you in the Denver metropolitan Colorado Springs area? That's where Mike is located, is um, kind of the more north end of Colorado Springs. I used to, I mean, for those of you in Denver, oh, it's too far. Well, I lived in Denver and I went to see Mike twice a week. That's how I turned my life around. So don't don't give me this, it's too far. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to turn your life around, you'll drive that hour and a half. And it's probably less now. I think they've finally done some highway work or maybe, anyway. The point is this, please give them your contact information, your website, your phone number, if you're willing to give that out. Um, and how they can get in touch with you if they have questions about neurofeedback or would like to um, book a session with you. Okay. Um, well, our clinic is called uh, Heart Matters, and it's in North Colorado Springs, as you said. We're right off the North Gate in Colorado Springs. We're still on the North End. North Gate is the North Gate of the Air Force Academy. So we're across, we're east of uh, Air Force Academy. And do you want address? What's your um, website address? Website is uh, theheartmatters.org. 
And your email? Huh? Your email? Mike at the heart matters.org. That's T H E H E A R T M A T T E R S dot org. Um, and uh, my phone number is 719 257 3488. Awesome. Great. And um, there are some clinicians that I, that I think are very well trained that do this remotely. So they uh, might can. Uh, send to people uh, a full really? thing. We don't do it um, at this time. Uh, we're, we're probably going to try it in the near future uh, so that we can uh, help some veterans uh, down in the Pueblo area. Guinea pig me. If you, I didn't know you could do it remote. <laughs> I don't. I don't. You know, that's an expensive enterprise. <laughs> this stuff is expensive to begin with and, and for us. Um, it costs us... Uh, it, you know, we've got to get professional equipment and software, and uh, that is not free by any means. Um, but I do know people that are doing that. There's two people that I can recommend uh, that might do that. Uh, and so if people call me and they're not in my area. Neurofeedback does in most places. Uh, you have to be there. Now, I do have people that come in from out of town. You know, they'll work for a week or two and then they go home. And that isn't the most optimal system, but, um, you know, Sometimes we, it's the best you can do. Yeah. I mean, it, it's that just like the type of neurofeedback that I do is, is different than what you've been able to, to get in your area. And, yeah. and, uh, the guy you're seeing is super high qualified fella. Uh, he's on our board as well. And, yes. um, but but we do a, a different type of neurofeedback than most people. We do that too, but we, we do mostly uh, a different form that's more involved. And, <laughs> and let me add that in for those of you in Arizona. Uh, if you're looking for a clinician, go ahead and email me at kw at kennyweiss.net. That's kw at kennyweiss.net. Spelling of my last name is W-E-I-S-S. And I will put you in touch with Dr. Sherlin, who is who helped me here. You know, uh, I've taken a break from him just because I get too tired, you know, but also I know how I work is just like therapy with you. I'm a slow processor because of my trauma history. That was one thing I learned from you is it takes me a while things gestate in me and, and I get a bit overwhelmed and I don't notice that I'm overwhelmed because I, I have learned I can sustain so much trauma that I just, I can take on a lot of things. And so even with learning, like even my work, I'll do a ton of it and then I don't do anything. And that's why I'm tan. I lay by the pool. It's just too much. And then while I lay down, all of it starts processing and all of the solutions start coming to me. So I work in, kind of circles or you know cycles i allow my brain time to process and and you know i've just come off of you know several months of working with him my sequencing and everything is much better i've needed some time away and i'll i'll get back to there are a couple things i want to work on but you know i'm in a sense processing all the work that was done that's just how i've learned I have to go about my own recovery process and everyone is different. And that's what yeah, and, 
and let me let me uh, look up a website real quick. Um, uh, the website is uh, QEEG Certification Board. That's all one word. dot org, and there you can uh, find a provider uh, and find a mentor. That's a great resource. And and there's another one um, that is a little you know it's a little more basic. You know, most people have this certification, and it's it's um, found at BCIA. Uh, the, yeah. There's the International Society of Neuroregulation and Research. That's ISNR.org. That would be another uh, resource. And you can also get at that location um, not only clinicians, but you can get resources of papers and things of that nature that people can read about neurofeedback. And then there's um, BCIA, I think, .org. Let's just see. Yeah, BCIA.org. And um, again, that's, uh, that's sort of the entry level. Um, but, you know, you know, all 90%, 95% of the people that practice that I think are doing it legitimately and ethically have their certification. Perfect. Um, so thank you very much. Yeah, it should. I, that, it's just a, it's a great resource. Neurofeedback is a great resource for people looking for healing um, right. who are frustrated with medication or working with someone like me. It's like, yeah, some improvement, but I'm not getting there. Right. This could be the missing piece for them. Right. Um, and, you know, the reason I uh, I said that as you know, I know three or four clinicians and that that are in your area uh, in Arizona, and um, that you know most of them are on on our board, the uh, the QEG certification board. But um, so we can help point people if we can't if I can't see them or you can't see them, and I and I say the same thing about counseling. And I, I'm so grateful for people who contacted me that lives somewhere else uh, and want counseling from me. I just can't do that. I can't do remote counseling. I, first of all, I'm too busy. I, my, my, uh, my load is full, um, but, but we can often refer you to, to somebody that can help you yeah. in, in both of these things. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Thank you. And thank all of you for watching. Um, if you know somebody who's struggling with any of these things and you think this could help them, please share it. Leave us your comments. If you've tried neurofeedback and found success with it, please share your stories. And as I always say, enjoy the journey.